1: A Dear Media Original Podcast. Welcome into the podcast, you guys. Welcome to Back to the Beach. Before we kick this episode off, I'm just really quickly going to talk to you about HelloFresh, of course, how we start every episode. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep, so you can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh is now offering vegan recipes on the menu every week, made without any animal products like dairy, meat, eggs, or honey. So you can enjoy meals like sweet chili tofu bowls or spicy coconut curry stir fry. I know I say it pretty much every week, but I have been traveling quite a bit. I just got back from LA and Malibu. I was with my kids. We have what's called fall break. So they have a week off of school. And we landed yesterday at 4.30, got home, and HelloFresh was at our doorstep. And I have to say... Traveling with kids and needing food right away when you get somewhere is really, really important. So HelloFresh makes that so easy. And I love that the prep, the cleanup, it's all super minimal because everything is pre-portioned out for you you guys, you're going to want to check out HelloFresh. And to do that, you're going to go to hellofresh.com beach 65 and use code beach 65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that's hellofresh.com beach 65 and use code beach 65 for 65% off plus free shipping.
0: The show became such a quick phenomenon that every single cross-functional group within MTV. I mean, we created three video games. We created a virtual world. We had flip-flops with Steven's face on them. Remember those? That was great. It just was so crazy.
2: everybody, welcome in. We've got another episode of Back to the Beach with Chris and Stephen for you. I'm of course Stephen Coletti.
1: And I'm Kristen Cavallari, and we have a very, very special episode for you guys. One that we've been talking about the entire season. We finally have a producer on. We have the one and only Liz Gately. So excited to have you, Liz. Thank you so much for joining us. Yay. Thank you for having me. I'm honored
0: to be the first producer to join. So thank you. I'm thrilled to be here.
2: Well, I think it's only appropriate that you were the first producer because you are the creator of the series, which means the very first thought when it was just a seed of an idea that would eventually grow to become Laguna Beach, the real Orange County, it all started with you.
0: It did. It did. I actually had been working for MTV for about a month. I was brand new there. I was pregnant with my middle child, Gabby, and I was watching an episode of Made, if you remember that show, and it was the episode where the drama girl wanted to be a cheerleader. And there was a hallway conversation between her and the popular girls. And the moment she walked away, they like commanded the hallway in a way that I just said, those are the girls we need to do a show about. And I, like you, Kristen, (laughs) had moved from Minnesota to Pels Verdes, which is very similar to Laguna when I was 11. And I moved to this small seaside town where people the kids 16 year olds drove BMW convertibles parents went to <laughs> Mammoth all weekend we partied at these crazy <laughs> houses with like cops came with helicopters to break up the parties and it was so similar so as i was watching these episodes last night which i hadn't seen also in 18 years it brought me back to my, my own wow. youth. So I kind of had this inspiration moment. So as I developed it further, a month later, I went into these pitch meetings that we had. And I said, I want to do a show that's 90210 meets Heather's meets Dawson's Creek. That was the log line. And in Hollywood speak, as you both know, that's like a way to sell that gives people reference points. And my reference for 90210 is I actually wanted to shoot part of it in the high school. We can get there later why that didn't happen. And and then the Heather's reference, if you can believe it, it was before Mean Girls. So that was my reference for it to be kind of heightened, kind of, you know, now the reference would be Mean Girls, kind of going right into the belly of the beast of the popular click. And then the Dawson's Creek was something that would capture a small town and that bubble that we talk so much about in this show that I think, you know, we landed the plane in the last four episodes on the wistfulness and the safety of that beachside community and the rites of passage. But it was always meant to capture the senior year of high school and the coming of age and all of the milestones you go through that year. So we... First went to Beverly Hills High, actually. So there's a misnomer. So that is that true. That is absolutely true. <laughs> we met with Dan Stepanowski, me me and Adams. So I was living on the East Coast. We hired Gary Auerbach. We hired Morgan Fahey. And Adam yeah. DeVello walked into my, my office in New York, and he was barely a manager. He'd just been promoted from assistant. And he's like, I want to do the show. I, I get it. I believe in it. Send me out to L.A., And we went up and down. So he talked Dan Stepanowski at Beverly Hills High, who was the assistant principal getting promoted into doing a meeting with us. And I flew out there. We took him to like Mr. Chow's. It was very fancy. It was very Beverly Hills. (laughs) And he said, my first move as principal is not going to be this show. So I had grown up. (laughs) I had grown up in LA, went to UCLA. A lot of my friends grew up in the OC. And so I sent Adam down there because I really wanted that heightened beautiful place. And so, he found Laguna Beach High School. And we were in such a crunch then because by the time we found you guys, it was right after formal. There was the big fight that had happened. It went formal. And so, like, we'd heard about everyone and we found you guys. I think we found Lauren and Steven first. And then, Kristen, you were out of town. Mm-hmm. So, everyone was like— "Yes." You have to get this girl, Kristen. She's part of the clique. And we were like, damn, but we got to shoot now. But we waited for you to come back. And then they sent me the casting reel. And we were just like, oh, my God. I mean, it was— You could not (laughs) have gotten a better setup of, like, a love triangle. Kids that grew up together. We knew Stephen and Lauren were going to end up in San Francisco. Like, we had our ending. It was like just the dumb luck. Oh,
1: my God. Yes. Wait, so you so knew was... the ending we knew that. Yeah, well,
0: we knew uh, at least the I physical ending away. was going to end up. I mean, we knew <laughs> where it could go and that the engine and the wow. machine was there. So it was all magical. I was just like, this is it. Like people ask me all the time, like, when was the time when you knew you had hits? And it's happened to me like two other times, but I was like, I just knew the moment we found these kids. And it was really my vision to, I came from scripted, but I wanted to make it feel like a high school drama. Like that was the reference for 90210. So I didn't want confessionals. I wanted it to feel cinematic. And obviously, Gary and Sham were the ones that came up with the long lens look and the color palette and the lenses that so amazingly executed that look.
2: Wait, so what What did happen at Winter Formal? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: it <laughs> was like right after <laughs> the dance. All we heard was that like something happened in the bathroom and Lauren oh, and Kristen oh. had got, like everyone was talking about basically a fight that happened. what'd you do? Do you guys remember this? You know what's so funny? I don't remember anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys are younger Uh, than me. So I definitely remember just something had gone down. And it was, I think, you know, when we met you guys, it was right when, I think you guys were on a break, one of the many. And Lauren, Stephen had just hooked up with (laughs) Lauren. And so you guys were kind of trying to figure out where you were with each other. We shot in like late January, early February, and we only had six scenes. Mm -hmm. We only shot for four days. So we didn't have a fully realized pilot. We only had, I think it was 11 minutes. I still have the beta of the presentation.
2: Oh, Oh, that's right. Because we had that original presentation that we all saw. And then, of course, the pilot episode. Yeah,
0: it's totally different. And it got greenlit off of that. And then you guys know it takes two months to get a green light. So by the time we got a green light, it was late February, March. Yeah. Of all the shows, the hills and the city, really, obviously, we asked you guys to say things and stuff. But when we started to pick up, you guys were in a very different place. And we had to make up for all that time. We had to kind of fill in the blank of what happened between February yeah. and March. Mm-hmm. And that was when Stephen, like, hearing you watch episodes one, two, and three, like— it was just probably so painful to ask you to go back and say like, well, what happened? And can you put yourself in these situations? And then we realized we were only, MTV had a, a very famous story about producing the halftime show. And that was why that year was the Janet Jackson incident. And so the school pulled out and we were already engaged with you mm-hmm. guys at the time. And we screened the pilot for the parents. But by the time we started shooting, it was very different.
1: All right, you guys, I'm back again to talk about HelloFresh as always with my good friend Steven. Steven, what can you tell us about HelloFresh?
2: So, I just was out of town for a little while and I was coming back on a Sunday night late. And I was like, where am I going to get dinner off a long flight? So tired. Boom, I had HelloFresh waiting for me at my door, which was so nice. Uh, I'd actually forgotten that I had an order that was sent my way. And when I arrived, the amount of relief that washed over my body because I had something to eat. And I wasn't going to have to scrape my fridge or just kind of go out and see what kind of scraps I could find out there in the wild. (laughs) (laughs) I was able to pick up my little gift that arrived from HelloFresh. The convenience of that, once again, cannot say enough about it.
1: Time to cozy up and save money by cooking at home. Fall is the perfect time to experience the delicious taste and unparalleled convenience of HelloFresh.
2: With HelloFresh, ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days, so you know they're fresh. Plus, pre-portioned ingredients make cooking a snap and cut down on food waste.
1: Have your pumpkin spice and eat it too with a rotating selection of fall-inspired items from HelloFresh Market. From brunch kits to a fall dessert board, you'll find everything you need for all your favorite autumn occasions like tailgating, Oktoberfest, and more.
2: Go to hellofresh.com slash beach 65 and use code beach 65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that's hellofresh.com slash beach 65 and use code beach 65 for 65% off plus free shipping. You're talking about the winter formal incident that you had heard about. Now, is this in a packet from one of those packets that we filled out? Is this in a video interview that we did? Or how were you hearing this? And what was some of the first material that you saw on us before you guys eventually cut together that pilot presentation?
0: A lot of what it was, was everyone coming back. I had daily meetings with Gary and Adam and, and Morgan, just feeding me little nuggets about the kids. And they were so excited. And I hadn't seen you guys. So all I had to go on was my image of what this group was. And so I was being fed those nuggets over conference calls. But the casting tape, and I'm sure your write-ups had those, which I think are somewhere on the web. We definitely released those. Oh wow,
1: that would be a trip to go and see. We wait. So uh, MTV
0: definitely has those.
1: When you guys started interviewing us and talking to us, did you already in your head have an idea of who you wanted? Like, I need a girl who's going to be the outspoken one. I need the sweetheart, innocent girl. Did you have boxes for everybody? No, not
0: at all. And as I went back and rewatched this, like, seeing Trey's hats and his t-shirt cut off on one arm, I'm like, you could not have in your wildest dreams have imagined this cast. You really couldn't have. Yeah. (laughs) Like— Kristen, we you were had a three sick like you were so smart and just was were ready to own the world. I mean watching you dress down that cop in the car episode was oh. just so brilliant. and what I always say is the dynamics were absolutely real like as much as we produced situations where you both yeah. walked into the nail salon, the dynamics were real, yeah. which is why it was so authentic. and the other thing which you guys keyed in on is, we plucked you out of oblivion. You were not showing up for a casting call. Like, it was my yeah. idea. We went out and literally plucked a clique of friends who already had this going on. You know, it wasn't like yep. Jersey Shore where people were showing up and filling out. Like, we made you guys fill out casting sheets because we needed to know how old you were and who you were and what you like to do in your spare time. But we really tapped into the dynamics that were there. And yeah, we... You know, in 21 minutes and 30 seconds, and that was what we had to get every episode down to, we had to Mm -hmm. really define everyone with sharp edges. So we had to do an A and a B story in every episode. And a normal one-hour drama would be 44 minutes. But 2130, and I have this ingrained in my mind because it couldn't be a second (laughs) over, and it was three acts. And we (laughs) always had a B story. So some scenes... Like, we couldn't meander and go in and out of conversation. We just had to get to that line. And so I think a lot of that stuff that hearing you guys talk about it was because we had so little time to tell the story we had. But yeah, so we did not manufacture, like, you guys were just brilliant, which is why we never franchised it. We were like, why, how could we do this? Like, this is just magic. Mm. And Christina being the reverend's daughter, like, that stuff was all real. And
1: we leaned
0: into it and we crafted things in broad strokes, but everything was really there. And that was the other thing I remember from the presentation tape is I was like, I want the main title to feel like a high school drama. I want Lauren sketching something and Morgan in the boutique. And so we really did that main title. So that main title was also in the presentation to show the look and the feel. And I remember receiving the presentation after we shot and I literally cried. I was just like, this is the most amazing looking thing. And I mean, it just looked so beautiful. All Mm -hmm. credit to Gary and Sham Abed, as you you guys have previously said.
2: Well, the fact that you had been working for MTV for one year— or first, sorry, one month
0: Dumb luck, right? before
2: getting the show. They lucked out there before, yeah, you started sprinkling that magical fairy dust on all sorts of shows. And so, yeah, amazing I'm sure to see that first presentation, see it come together. Is there something when you think, like you just said you just watched the episodes for the first time in 18 years as well. But before that, when you think of the show, and I know people are asking you a lot about a certain moment. You knew you had something, but it sounds like pretty early on, these interviews are coming in. You knew that you had some characters. Is there one specific moment, maybe from an interview or from the pilot presentation that you remember that kind of comes to your mind that maybe from time to time it stops and, and gives you like a smile of like, I just remember when that first tape came in and I saw that, that I knew that like we had a great show. Oh my
0: God. There's, I mean, I could spend hours answering that question. There were so many moments where you knew it. It just kind of built oh. and built and built. But I think the casting tape for sure, just seeing your gorgeous faces, and I remember Brian Graydon, who's the head of MTV, saying to me while we were casting, he's like, Liz, can you really find seven or eight interesting kids that are beautiful? And I'm like, have you been to Southern California? <laughs> like, they're walking around everywhere. But that group in particular was just stunning. And then the presentation, I remember the dinner you guys had at Pomodoro and just like the real love that we saw in your eyes for each other. And the car scene. I love the car scene. It didn't end up really in the show, but we had like a three-minute clip of all the girls in a car other than you, Kristen, just rocking out to it. It just captured high school and that nostalgic moment where you don't have any cares in the world. You're already into college and you really just have... It just was that moment. But I think once we got into the series, I remember my heart fluttering when— and this is also a good anecdote for the listening audience, for you guys. So, the moment where it's top of Act 2 of Episode 1, when the crane is lowering the palm Mm -hmm. tree, and, Stephen, you were going to Lauren's house. (laughs) We had a Gwen Stefani. It was simple. So, they've changed all the music, which— is so unfortunate because John Ernst, you know, picked the perfect song. But we had that No Doubt song, "Simple." Life. I think it's all I want is that simple life, and it was over yeah. the tracking shot of the palm tree, you know, and it was just like capturing the essence of luxury life in Southern California. But then I think that Five for Fighting song over you and Lauren making eyes at each other at her new house tour. I mean, and obviously, the other thing that Gary and the team did was hire the best editors from the scripted world, which I think hanging on oh. looks longer and that messiness really made a difference. Obviously, we spent hours and hours perfecting when the music came in and that cut from the line about can't find any white dresses to the whip pan <laughs> i mean just the style guide of like the whip pan to you in the white dress and all the lines. We would just sit for hours in the edit and just be like, we hope the audience gets this cut. And they got every moment. <laughs> they got every moment that we wanted them to.
1: Yeah, no, it was genius. So you talked about having an A storyline and a B storyline. If you have these kind of mapped out already, since we are really in high school, we are real kids, things change on a dime. How fluid did you guys have to be with those storylines? If things were actually Completely. happening in our lives? Well, That was the other thing. So once, we also figured out once we were greenlit that we
0: could only shoot, you have so much budget and so many camera hours in a day and so many days to shoot. So we could only shoot Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So a lot happened between... Sunday night and Thursday. Like, you guys could have broken up and gotten back (laughs) together three times. So, we had to invent the pickup. We were the first show to do a pickup. So, we were just making it up as we went. We were like, okay, can you guys talk about what happened Tuesday night? And maybe you should go to dinner because we didn't want to shoot inside your homes. You guys had lives. But that was really the impetus of a lot of those scenes and the nail salon scenes. And can you go to dinner and talk about this? But we did have to be very fluid. We would have a story meeting every Monday. I would get the download of what was shot over the weekend. And that was really because I had really lived this life and I kind of live inside of the mind of a 17-year-old girl. I kind of knew where the cameras should go the next weekend, like where the heat was happening. And I would say, well, let's adjust. Maybe let's not do that. And let's adjust over here because I really think this is going to probably blow up just predicting human behavior (laughs) and what happens in high school. So we would have a story meeting every Monday and then we would plan our weekend based around what was coming up in your life. And obviously there were moments we had to really produce. It was so fun to hear your IRL terms that, you know, Morgan and Christina were (laughs) already going to New York. So there were a lot of things that were just happening at the end of the year for us to tap into. And then there were, you know, the obvious moments of, you know, camping trip and things that were more (laughs) produced.
2: Is there a moment you're saying after just watching them that sparked a memory maybe of something that didn't make it to air or something that did make it to air that you guys were discussing for a while this, this particular scene something that happened you're like not sure if we should keep this in there, right,
0: well you guys like can that. decide I mean there were definitely things where we protected the kids there were some law enforcement things that happened in Cabo <laughs> we kept out mm. but not having to do with oh. either of you too but there were things that happened we always said look at the end of the day we love these kids and we want this show to go on a long time the years we we did all kinds of things behind the scenes to keep Keep everyone mentally healthy, supported, and that kind of stuff. So nothing I want to mention here, but there's not one scene that I feel like we left on the cutting room floor. In fact, the show became such a quick phenomenon that every single cross-functional group within MTV, I mean, we created three video games. We created a virtual world. We had flip-flops with Steven's face on them. Remember those? We. It what just was so crazy <laughs> that I had to kind of protect everyone wanted the extra scenes. And I was like, if there's an extra scene, I don't really want to share it because we also might need them for something later. So I think the Mm -hmm. dynamics were always real, but we did, we did have to sometimes use things slightly out of order from what we had shot in January when we shot the pilot.
1: Right. So since, I mean, this kind of piggybacks on Steven's question, but, and what you were saying, but since we were in high school, was there anything that was just completely off limits? Obviously you weren't going to show us drinking. Right. You know, we always have the red Solo cups. Was there anything else that you can remember that you guys made sure to stay away from?
0: Yeah. I mean, we
1: definitely,
0: I, I, you know, if you re, if you rewatch, we all just rewatched it. It's very innocent. The show is very innocent. Yes. Everyone, you talked about the, the words hooking up, like we never talked about people having sex. And yeah. nowadays, You would—I mean, thinking of Euphoria and the shows that are out there now and even the reality shows, like, everything's out there. And I think that's what also was special at the show is we protected you guys that way. We never used the word sex or other explicit terms, even if the cast used them. So, we always had in mind, like, these kids have bright futures. We—there was enough fun stuff where we could show— the debauchery of your last year in high school without us having to go there.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think it's important to note that everyone that we've spoken to from our cast says the same thing. They would go back and do it all over again. That's and great to hear. Sometimes people will say like, oh, do you regret that? Like I could never. And, and it's not that big of a deal. And also you guys did surround us with amazing people. We Some of those relationships that were formed on the show with the crew, Is what made it so fun. It's a part of Mm -hmm. what also sparked the interest in me of doing what I do today, which is like I loved being in production. I love the camaraderie of all these people coming together to create something. And so… We like to obviously make fun of all the stuff that happened on the show and what finally made it to air as far as what we were doing back in the day. But, you know, we give a lot of credit to you guys for what you created, the risk that you took to make the show. That's something that people haven't really seen before and pull it all together and show really the best take of a real look into what kids are going through in high school in 2004. So big ups on that. I'm wondering when you guys decided to put in the title card that says, oh, yeah. you know, everything that you see yes. is real. Well, yeah. first of
0: all, thank you for saying that. And I it make, it means a lot to me that you guys feel that way and that all the cast members would do it over again. We did not take lightly from the trust that your parents all put in our hands. So it was midsummer, right before we were going to launch. We were probably on the 16th cut or 14th cut of episode one. We were trying to piece together scenes that didn't make sense. And we didn't want to cave to testimonials. We really wanted to do something that was genre-busting and groundbreaking. And Brian Graydon asked us to test the first episode. And people and focus groups, for those of you that don't know what they are, you screen a pilot, you typically do it in a room with about 20 kids who tell you their thoughts. And they did not understand the show. They they were like, are these bad actors? Is this... We're not quite... Uh, we don't get it. We, they did not get it at all. And we were like, oh my gosh, they don't know it's real because it was shot so beautifully and edited wow. the way it was. We decided to put that card on the front. That was also when I really pushed to do the open in Lauren's VO because... And Gary didn't want to do this because he's like, well, the show wasn't shot in her point of view. And I said, yes, but I feel like there's a way. We have to have somebody narrate it. And Lauren's the girl next door. She's the one that is the perfect person to choose. So we had to go and write those. And we had to write them kind of to what was happening in the episode. And we did always say, like, if there's anything you're not comfortable saying, don't say it, but it was a combined previously on and kind of hint to what was going down in the episode. So, you know, even the recall of we were on the the I Forgot You list, the recall to episode one mm-hmm. of Black and White, like we, re- we spent a lot of time writing those, but it was really so that the audience could understand what was going on and direct them to what was going on in the episode. But that card got put on very last minute, like a few weeks before (laughs) just to say, this is real. This was all shot over a period of several months in Southern California. And so, and it's funny because... Steven, you're right. They're not on, on the ones that are online. They're, that card's not on the first three episodes, but it wa- it definitely was yeah. on the yeah. ones that we that aired. Oh. And okay. I noticed that. Yeah, that, that MTV, somebody went in and hacked up those episodes. There's like a wild ringing sound in episode three from a phone over the main titles. It's it's really quite upsetting. <laughs> I
2: love that you're still picking up oh my on God. those details. Oh, and this know, is I probably why you're so great. I would go in, in, in the that. middle. Yeah.
0: I would go in the next day into the edit and— you know, I would make sure the music cue time to like Lauren's smile going to a frown. And I'd be like, who touched this? <laughs> yep. It's three seconds. It's three and a half frames later. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, yeah, an A went in in the moment. I'm like, no. So we finally had this this term, like things are on the shelf. that This scene's not touchable by someone cleaning up some of the, the mix. <laughs> mm. So, I was crazy. I, I, I was. I, I took great care. We also thought about whether to subtitle and, and Chiron. So, Cabo, mm. Gary really didn't want a subtitle. But it was so loud and there was so much great dialogue. So, we had it out on that. And then… So much great dialogue. And then <laughs> MC, oh my God. Yeah. So Was there, was there
2: ever a discussion about <laughs> how many times… You were using me saying the word slut. Well, uh, it, I think it's like six or seven times. It's like I, the first time I watched it just recently. I'm like, okay, we did it. Like, can we move I know, on? You know, I said the fucking word. I know, and <laughs> yeah. I, it's
0: crazy, right? Because I'm teenagers, and I know like slut shaming's a thing now. But we didn't. Yeah, like that wasn't stuff that we talked about back then. And we no. probably would have had to have like mm. a town hall special after that episode nowadays.
2: <laughs> These days, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just
0: a different time. You know, there's also yeah. the hundred. There, there's like a lot of words that you would never, you guys just wouldn't use that now. And yep. it was a totally yep. different time. So I stand by you. We've all been in a jealous rage. And I know we, yeah. like, you know, we could just see your heartbreak. Like we've all been in that situation. And I think that's why the audience really, it was so special. You guys really shared the most vulnerable pieces of your life. And that's why it was so relatable. The audience truly, people come up to me and they're like, I feel like that show like got me through high school and if pretty Kristen and beautiful Lauren and Steven can get their heart broken, like it just made me feel so much better about my life. So Mm -hmm. just know you guys did a lot for a generation and you guys are so, so special. And you also wrote your own lines. Like I also love that you guys were like those lines, even in Cabo or Dunzo, or, you know, <laughs> Catherine, she, she got pretty. I mean, those moments were just genius. <laughs> and I do... You
2: can't script those. You can't. And, yeah. No,
0: you can't. <laughs> and Stephen, I, I, I'm going to say a quote from uh, something from this podcast that I wrote down that was so remarkable. You said, I think it was in episode two when you guys rewatched it. You said, I wanted, I think, in my heart to make it work with you, but I really was scared and unsure it would actually work because I'd been hurt pretty devastatingly. And I almost knew deep down that I shouldn't be going back to this relationship, but I couldn't just let you go. I mean, you just said that out of your mouth just a few weeks ago. And the words that came out of your mouth, I mean, you're all truly, truly just magical people. And the words that came out of your mouth back then and now it's just like, you make hearts melt
1: with your words over Aww, your broken heart. It's true. <laughs> I
2: have I tell people, you know, these days as kind of the, the shock for me is not like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing those moments are out there. Obviously, you'd like to have a couple of things back. But to me, it's more of underestimating the attention that came from it and the fame. Truly not understanding what that was going to be like and there's kind of, you know, with Laguna, there's, you know, it grew up as an artsy community. So there's a lot of, like half the people in town are like, ah, the show, like it's it's just exploiting Laguna, you know, sensationalizing everyone there just being spoiled and rich. and It's not necessarily a thing. So we we took a lot of heat with that. And so it was kind of like in denial about it for all these years of it really being kind of a thing. But as course years have gone on and more people continue to come up to me and talk about it, and you start to hear more people share their stories of relating to what they were going through at that time. And to me, that is something where, especially as I tell stories to this day, I mean, that's all you can hope for. And it's given me a, a wonderful piece of like, you know, it It actually did have a— there's a positive effect from the show. People are being able to relate to this. And that's something that that has definitely put it in a good spot for me. So it's it's cool to see that. Yeah.
0: And um, the episodes coming up are so— like, I'm so glad. I was so relieved to— <laughs> to see prom with you guys with your families and the pre-party with Trey and then see graduation and your parents give you special gifts, your families. We got to show more of the families and then obviously the goodbyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of my favorite moments to your previous question was you and Trey skateboarding as your kind of final moment before you had to say goodbye. And as a kid, That grew up in Southern California where guys' bonding moments were surfing, skateboarding, or, or golf. You know, that moment felt so nostalgic for me personally, but it just captured something that was just so, so special in that small town. And I feel like we did land the plane at the end of the the sweetness and the nostalgia that we wanted to of that last year of high school and having to say goodbye to friends that you, you used to take baths with. I mean, I re, you know, when you were in <laughs> kindergarten, like when you were two with, yeah. with playing on the beach as babies. And I think that no one can ever replicate that because you guys were really saying goodbye in that moment and you could feel it. You could totally feel okay. it.
2: I I agree with you. Watching that back, did get emotional seeing that scene and no words are really spoken. I think as we're getting up there and we're getting started, sure, there's something. But then, yeah, the way you guys crafted that, the way you edited that scene and the music behind it, it it takes people to a place. And it, of course, Mm -hmm. took me to a very specific place. I also laugh watching that scene with Trey and I kind of saying goodbye. And you can see this is where uh, the producers are coming in and and telling us like, we want to, this is kind of a goodbye moment so you guys need to kind of say goodbye. Trey and <laughs> I are kind of dancing that. around each other. Yeah, we're not we're like, "All right, bro, see you later," but it's like it's not really a, a a sincere goodbye because we don't really we wouldn't normally do that, but you have the more sincere one. But of course, for telling, you know, a story and making it ready for television, you got to We want to have that moment because you've been following these characters and these best friends all the way up to this moment. So uh, I I love both of those those scenes when we are saying goodbye. It's a really good episode. Yeah, me too. Yeah,
1: very emotional. Okay, you guys, here's a name that I'm sure you've all heard before, and that is Steve Madden. We have loved their shoes for over 30 years, and now they've launched Apparel— The full collection is available to shop at stevemadden.com and retails for under $140. The apparel categories include dresses, jackets and coats, tops and shirts, bottoms like jeans, pants, skirts, etc. And you can now get ready for any occasion in head to toe Steve Madden. Here are some key trends you guys that you're going to want to check out for fall. Patchwork denim, bra or corsets are really in. Micro minis, love, love, love mesh, satin shine, cutouts, utility, which I love a big utility jacket, oversized suiting, and reinventing the shacket and puffers. So lots of really fun stuff you guys are going to want to check out. Fall is all about to the knee boots and skin tight booties However, in true Steve Madden fashion, they had to take the Western trend up a notch by incorporating vibrant pops of color alongside glitter and studs. The brand's trademark platforms and Mary Janes are also not to be forgotten, taking on new heights in both dress and casual categories. Wear Steve Madden out, wear it loud, wear it with everything, wear it head to toe. You guys, you can use code BEACH at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Visit www.stevemadden.com. Use code BEACH for 20% off your next purchase. Promo code excludes pre order items. All right, you guys, I wanna talk to you about a brand that I really do love, and that is called Symbiotica. They are a health supplement company designing sophisticated formulations that are scientifically proven to increase vitality and longevity by filling nutritional gaps that result from our modern day diet. I've been a fan of their brand for probably about six to eight months now. I love their magnesium, their vitamin C. What I also love about them is they have these little portioned out servings, which are great for traveling. So I can just throw a couple in my bag. Cause I actually am that crazy person that, still takes vitamins when I'm on vacation or wherever I am.
2: I have many nutritional gaps in my life. So <laughs> be able to have something supplement that uh, is very key. There and you, you know, I, I do try to get those vitamins where I can keep them with me, whether it's in my backpack and my car, having them around. And it's just it's always a nice little pick me up too when, you know, you might be feeling like a court low. Symbiotica right. comes in the clutch there.
1: And if you guys follow me at all, you know, I'm very into the health stuff. And I would never put my stamp of approval on a brand like this that I did not personally use and love. So I really, really recommend them. Symbiotica believes your mind and body deserve the absolute best. And I do too. So you guys, if you want to check out Symbiotica, use code beach at symbiotica.com for 15% off site-wide, or you can create your custom bundle and get up to 45% off. The code applies on top of custom bundle discount. And again, you guys, that is code beach at symbiotica.com for 15% off site-wide, or you can create your own custom bundle and get 45% off. Liz, what are some of your proudest moments as a producer of Laguna Beach?
0: Oh, gosh. I mean, I think a lot of what we just talked about. I mean, for me to innovate in a— The show gets a lot of credit for changing the landscape of how non-scripted television was approached, but to take kind of everything I knew from scripted and apply it to this real world was exciting and just— Discovering all of you guys, I mean, I do, I'm super proud of the humans you've become, and you're all so impressive. I think just the fact that we created a whole new genre and kind of made it up as we went and had to figure it all out was an incredibly creative process with incredibly creative team of people. We were all just trying to figure it out together. So, and the music, and then, you know, we eventually, we made history. I mean, it was one of the biggest finales on MTV. I, I got pulled out. I was shooting a pilot and got pulled out by like the president of MTV for the ratings we broke. But I'll, I'll I think the best moment was we did a live. So the, the show had caught on, especially after Cabo. That was like the moment where it really became <laughs> it. And then we did a live screening of the finale in the TRL studio in New York and watching girls gasp when Lauren came out of the <laughs> airport and the saw Stephen <laughs> waiting. I mean, I was cr- bawling. I was like, this is exactly what you want. And the shot of the Golden Gate Bridge and the Maroon 5 song playing it was just like so that moment for me, knowing the impact we had had on girls. And then I'll never forget. It was when JetBlue, you know, my kids were little and I would walk up and down and rock my babies on airplanes, and every single TV screen was on the show. And, and just I have so many wow. memories, That's insane. Wow. which would never happen That's now, so right? Cool. Like it, yeah, that would never right. happen now because everyone would have their own yeah. streaming video on their phones. But so many memories. One of the best, and this was like hurting eight. Eighteen-year-olds or seven, eighteen-year-olds and and a, and a seventeen-year-old at the VMAs—that uh, like that—that's tr- a whole other episode of this. You guys have to have yeah. me back when yep. I can talk yeah. about babysitting. <laughs> In Miami. Me and Trey oh. running off our plane to catch another plane. Oh. And Morgan's white linen pants that were black muddy from all the clubs <laughs> we you guys Somebody
2: found my fake ID in a pool. A story. Some oh. magazine ran an article saying, Stephen, we we found your fake ID. And it was so hot at that VMAs. We were carrying around little towels. and I think I took a picture somewhere on like a red carpet where I've got the towel over <laughs> my head and I'm just like doing one of these. And so it paired perfectly with somebody just finding my my fake ID. like Yes, yes. Oh my God. Get some bags. I, you guys were yeah.
0: like, people always ask me, they're like, well, you guys did their hair and makeup and you, you guys dress them. I'm like, no, these kids showed up that way. They had their own amazing people. Of course, we put like, maybe asked you to put some lipstick on no, then, but we did not do oh, yeah. people's hair. For my, hair. my opening, For your scene. opening scene. For your opening scene. I think that was the only time, but like people thought we... That's the only time. Yep. I was like, no, we had our media training at Ruby's. And and like, I remember you and Lauren showing up like looking camera ready. No, no high schoolers look like that. But you guys look like that <laughs> every day. But I remember at the VMAs, everyone at the show hadn't come out yet. And everyone was like, who are those kids? And Low had like a short satin skirt and a fur vest. And we lost Low at the after party. And we're like, "Where's Lo? Where's Lo?" And suddenly, she's like making out with some huge rocker. I don't even remember who he was. But we were
1: like, god, "Oh so my great. god! So many, so
0: many fun memories of those days. It yeah. was like, it was like uh, a family. It really
1: was. Yeah, it was.
2: We felt that with the crew. And honestly, I mean, we could yeah. do a whole other episode on just you know what you guys have gone on to do, and what from the beginning mm-hmm. with Laguna, and what you created at MTV, and then of course is your Career is carried forward working on with Lifetime and then Spotify. Truly a lot of masterful stuff, uh, really impressive. And congratulations. I didn't know this until just recently. I just read about this last night. You won an Oscar?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I produced, executive produced a film about girls in Afghanistan. And there's this program. I married a skateboarder from Santa Barbara. And so this guy (laughs) came and spoke who runs Skatistan. So I found out that girls can't do sports in Afghanistan. And they had started a program for girls. And they'd found a loophole in the law that allowed them to skateboard. And then once... They built this program for girls to learn how to skateboard, but it was really the freedom of them escaping from being married off when they were 11 and 12. And Carol Dysinger was the director who directed it, and it won the documentary short in February 2020, which was wow. amazing, incredible just to like really just see a nugget of an idea that came to speak at Lifetime. And I said, we should really do a documentary about this to raise awareness and raise money for skateboarding to So yeah, that was that was crazy. And uh yeah, it's, done it's amazing. Did Teen Wolf and did you for a lifetime and surviving R. Kelly and 16 and Pregnant and a lot, a lot of fun. MTV <laughs> shows too, Run's house. What's your ridiculousness? What's crazy stuff.
2: You you've got, I mean, scripted, unscripted, when you're at home, what do you watch? What do do you like to watch? I
0: watch the really dark stuff. So I I love Euphoria. I have teenage kids and Mm. people are like, wow, you you watch that with your kids. But I always feel like parents should know what's going on. And I think the acting like talk about capturing what it's really like now. Because that's the other thing that I marvel at is like the stuff that the constant onslaught of what kids experience now. I don't. I don't think you could do Laguna Beach now either. Mm -hmm. I watch Ozark. I don't watch a lot of reality, ironically. I don't. My husband loves documentaries, so I end up watching them with him. But I watch the really dark stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Dramatic stuff.
1: (laughs) We really appreciate you coming on and shedding some light on the other side of the camera. We've really been looking forward to this. So thank you so much for taking the time.
0: Oh, I love you guys so much and so honored to be here. And, and I'm happy to uh, contribute. And like I said, you guys are really, really good at this. I'm so It's been so fun to listen.
1: Oh, well, well, thanks for listening. Appreciate that. appreciate that. And thank you for everything, Liz. I mean, you did. You started our careers. So we really appreciate <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I'm waiting for that
0: 10% check, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> want a piece of Uncommon James, please. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys. We made, a promo we made
0: code pennies Kristen. that first season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that uh, is promo crazy. Promo code Liz
2: MTV. You guys really did yeah. make
0: pennies. So I'm glad you're making up for it now. Well, I was going
2: to say the same thing. Thank you for the wonderful idea uh, and all that you've contributed. And of course, thanks for coming on with us. It's it's been really special. So appreciate it and look forward to talking again soon.
1: Yeah. Great to see you guys.
2: Wow. That was amazing. That was an eye-opening and incredible little conversation.
1: (laughs) I honestly feel like that was my favorite episode that we've done. I could have listened to Liz talk all day.
2: Yeah, I still have a lot of questions, and I'm going to. By the way, Liz, I'm going to be emailing you and, and calling you. Uh, we need to have dinner. So, so much, you know, great insight there to the perspective of what was going on behind the scenes with you know what they're doing and creating this TV show and. Yeah. I mean, look, they had a big task uh, of doing something that had never been done before and taking amateur, you know, obscure people, (laughs) amateur actors, if you will, and and creating a TV show out of it. They had a tall task. They nailed it. So yeah, that was special stuff. Thank you again, Liz. Yeah, guys, we will uh, look forward to next week's episode, which will be the Dunzo episode. The final episode of the first season of Laguna Beach with a little bonus episode in between. Yes. Enjoy those guys.
1: <laughs> we will see you then. Thanks for listening to Back to the Beach with me, Kristen Cavallari, and the best ex-boyfriend ever, Stephen Coletti.
2: We are so stoked to bring you along on this journey back through Laguna Beach with us.
1: You can find us on Instagram at, at Dear Media Studio, hashtag BTTBPod at Kristen Cavallari and at Stephen Coletti.
2: Got any questions about the show? Give us a call on our Back to the Beach hotline, 1-844-LAGUNA-0.
1: And if you like our show, please make sure you follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review.
2: Back to the Beach is a Dear Media production hosted by Kristen Cavallari and Stephen Coletti.
1: Our show is produced by Rosalie Atkinson.
2: Post-production by Amanda Vandekar, Michelle Harrison, and Taylor O'Connor.
1: Music supervision by Jonathan Lane.
2: Our theme song is Come Clean, written by John Shanks and Cara Diaguardi.
1: Cover composed by Steve Shebby.
2: And our executive producers are Jocelyn Falk, Paige Port, and Michael Bostic.